now we're going to turn to our final film of the week, Morgan. To help us talk about this film, we've invited Professor Anka Springer from the French department, who's done a lot of work on cinema, and particularly films from the Romanian New Wave. Uh, welcome, Anka, and thanks for being with us. Uh, thank you. First of all, I would like to uh, underline the fact that before, say, 2001 or 2002, nobody really cared about the Romanian cinema. And, <laughs> right. and that, you know, for a good reason, because there were many films produced in communist Romania, but they were most of the times just a vehicle for nationalist, communist or populist propaganda. And that's something, as you can see, quite different from Morgan or the other movies that we have shown at the BYU International Cinema. So back then, before say 1990, the rare films that were not like that were usually banned or remained unknown. So the Romanian movies before 1990, because I think that you know, I should give some context about like, the birth of the Romanian new wave. So yeah, the, the, the movies before 1990 were mostly historic movies, and they tried to cover all the important moments in Romanian history. And they methodically started with the, the Roman wars, Roman conquest. They moved on to the great medieval, great names of medieval history, offering basically one big super production per medieval prince. Um, <laughs> then, uh, you know, Renaissance, 17th, 18th century. And then, of course, revolutions, independence, wars, and World War One, World War Two. And all this culminated with movies that portrayed the communists as, you know, the only fighters against the Nazis. Uh, so they were all almost mechanical transpositions of the official history into film narrative. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, yeah, so another kind of movies made back then, so before 1990, was the adaptation of the classics. So text by right. the best known Romanian national authors. Everybody studied them in school and they were turned into very linear, non-innovative non, you know, non film adaptations. Right. You don't want ambiguity when you're dealing with propaganda, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you know, I know that it is like, you know, theoretically kind of wrong to say a, a literal adaptation, but they tried to stay as close to the history books or, you know, literary texts. The kind of accepted uh, ways of interpreting these these texts. They don't want to disturb those, right? Exactly. And then, you know, if not adaptations of history books or literary classics, there were some other movies that fulfilled like the national, nationalist and populist agenda by portraying just, you know, very simplified sketch-like figures of uh, communist everyday heroes who fought corruption or cosmopolitanism. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as we know, in 1989, the Berlin Wall fell and the countries from the Eastern Bloc overturned the communist regime. So the Romanians, too, got rid of the ominous Nicolae Ceausescu, and they started, I would say, more or less, toward a, a new path toward democracy. And this path involved many changes and an opening towards the Western world. And, of course, culture and visual arts and popular music were some of the fields that embraced these uh, changes. And this is how and when contemporary Romanian cinema gradually became 
a new presence in film festivals from Cannes to Toronto, Berlin, Venice, or Sundance. Now, you may notice that it, I did not mention something like the Academy Awards, but this is because most of the new Romanian films, as you know, are quite different from the movies that may move and please a wide audience, like the Academy Award selections tend right. to do. So, yeah, that is after several decades of silence or absence in uh, international film festivals, maybe like, you know, one or two exceptions. Around 2001 or 2002, Romanian cinema starts to get noticed in such festivals. So we have Christy Puyu and Christian Mungiu, who competed in the director's fortnight at Cannes. So it kind of like starts getting more like you know intense. In 2005, Christy Puyu won Un Certain Regard at Cannes with the death of Mr. Lazarescu. Then 2006, Porumboyu won the Camerador for 1208 East of Bucharest. 2007, this is a big year, Christian Nemescu was posthumously awarded Un Certain Regard for California Dreaming. And the big thing, Mungiu won the Palme d'Or for four months, three weeks, and two days. Right. So, so this was the beginning, I would say, like, you know, around 2007, the beginning of a phenomenon that has not stopped yet, in spite of some pessimistic predictions by some critics. Mm-hmm. Because Romanian cinema has become a constant presence at film festivals and is still winning important awards and is often perceived as a reference point in contemporary cinema. And, you know, several Romanian directors are called to serve on juries of prestigious film competitions and festivals. I have to say, I have to applaud the BI International Cinema now because we have already presented several of these great movies here. You know, we've shown uh, The Death of Mr. Lazarescu and mm-hmm. 1208 East of Bucharest, Police Adjective and Graduation. And I don't know if there's you know, any other movies, but, you know, I think that, you know, this is this is great. Well, I have to say that at Sundance this last year, two of the best documentaries that I saw, actually, sorry, one of these was at, at no, the, they were both at Sundance. One was yes, Collective uh-huh. and mm-hmm. the other is Akasa My Home. And they were both mm-hmm. just outstanding documentaries. And you can see how they're being influenced by the feature films, actually, of the of the Romanian New Wave. I thought it was a really interesting, interesting uh, interaction. Yes. And I, and I think that, you know, the interaction keeps going in the sense that, you know, many of uh, the, you know, current film directors, you know, who have already made, you know, like, you know, very well-known uh, feature films, they either made documentaries before or, you know, they're making uh, now not documentaries. So there's this, you know, ba- you know, going back and forth between genres. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same with like in all the short films, um, and I have to say that the Romanian new cinema started, you know, with uh, short films for you know mainly economic reasons because it was cheaper to produce the short films than you know to have you know the, the funds required by long you know feature films. Right. So anyway, you know, these movies look like they basically came out of nowhere initially uh, or, you know, uh, out of an almost inexistent film tradition. And then they, you know, suddenly took the international stage of filmmaking by storm. And that's why some film critics saw this as a coherent phenomenon or a movement. So, you know, because you, you talked about the Romanian New Wave, and it's because around, like, you know, 2008, 
one started seeing it referred to as the Romanian New Wave. And I think that at the origin of this term is uh, the article wrote by A.O. Scott. You know, he wrote this article called A New Wave on the Black Sea. And he said that the new Romanian cinema was the best thing that happened to international cinema since the French New Wave. So uh, this is something like, you know, really... (laughs) Yeah, that's high praise. (laughs) Yes, yes. And this is how the brand name was born. And many film critics still talk about the Romanian New Wave and its realism, minimalism, some common techniques like the handheld camera, especially in the earlier movies by uh, Puyu and Mungiu. Mm-hmm. And there's there's even a traveling Romanian film festival called Making Waves. You know, that is kind of a hint at this you know, like new wave thing. Uh, right. However, ju- just like in the case of uh, the French new wave, most of the Romanian new wave cin- cinematographers reject this idea of belonging to a coherent movement, and of course, they underscore their own artistic identity. But now, you know, students may say like. And a new Romanian film, where are these movies playing if they're so great and so famous? <laughs> and how come we don't see them all over the place? Of course, you know, so you've just seen Morgan and you might have seen a couple of more movies at, uh, like, you know, again, the international cinema. But it's true that they're not, like, you know, playing um, at your local cinema in Forum. Um, And the answer, I think, lies in some of the characteristic of these movies, because they're not really meant for entertainment. And they can be quite intense and disturbing and shocking and haunting. And even their techniques may be we may make them like, you know, less pleasing to a wide audience because there's a certain feel of roughness. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, yeah, this is this roughness was criticized actually by the older generation of Romanian filmmakers. So I have to say the young generation calls these guys the dinosaurs. So the, you know, the dinosaurs of the Romanian cinema who are used to more polished films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of There's course- There's wonderful realism to them as well that comes from that, that roughness, right? Uh, that, I mean, you see very everyday kinds of situations playing out in very much in real time. And it, there's a, I don't know, there, there's a kind of authenticity that, that emerges from that, I think, that's very appealing. But, you know, the, the, the paradoxical thing is that, you know, Romanian audiences tend to score these new movies precisely because of this realism, because of mm-hmm. these authenticity. And many say, oh, you know, we have enough of our drab and, <laughs> uh, you know, sad lives. We want something else. So one may say that it is true that Romania, like, you know, the new Romanian film uh, seems to be interested in you know, not in the good and in the, the bad and the ugly, but just in the bad and the ugly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they're obviously no longer interested in history unless it has to do with, like, you know, the deeply dehumanizing life during the communist regime. And, mm-hmm. of course, like, you know, as you just said, most of the times, you know, the world of these movies is, like, you know, the everyday, maybe drab, banal, gray existence of the post-1990 anti-heroes. So, you know, no more glorious medieval princes, 
But, you know, in uh, uh, the death of Mr. Lazarescu, we have an anonymous, poor and lonely old man who feels sick and needs to go to hospital. And, you know, the alcoholic high school teacher in 1208 east of Bucharest or the young policeman in police adjective who gets scolded like a child by his boss. Uh, And there's like, you know, people in juvenile prisons, drug dealers. So this is something that made like, you know, the Romanian traditional audiences be quite, you know, critical of uh, these uh, new films and their directors. And, you know, they say that these are film f- films for festivals and not a white audience because, as I was just saying, why portray unglorious people and ugly realities? And... I have to say, statistically, Romanian contemporary cinema remains not very popular at home. Interesting. Yeah, so the white audience still give preference to either Hollywood movies or, like, you know, the old movies of the communist era, which you know are still like you know widely distributed. It's kind of you know, like, yeah, that, that you know that. You know that I wanted to get Morgan like, you know, a long time ago and I haven't been able to, you know, get my hand on it just because, it, you know, they're not so widely distributed. They're not available. Yeah. So I would say that from all like from some points of view, Morgan could be seen somewhat as an exception to all these like, you know, really disturbing and haunting movies. Because I hope you know you all agree with me. It is a like an entertaining movie. It is moving and funny and touching, and yet it does share other characteristics with what you know is called the Romanian new cinema. You know, you 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 mentioned, for instance, all that realism and that authenticity, for instance. But I would like to say a few words about the director and writer, Marian Crishan. So he was born in 1976. So that makes him part of the same generation as the other Romanian new wave directors like Puyu, Mungiu, Radu Jude. And he's actually from Salonta, the place where Morgan takes place. All right. And I think he's quite attached to his obscure hometown as he's, <laughs> he's working on a new movie that takes place there too. And Krishan has won many awards, one at Cannes for his short, uh, his short Megatron. And then for Morgan, he won the special jury prize at Locarno. And he continues to be a noticeable presence in international film festivals. And what I like about his movies is the beautiful photography that's like you know one thing that i really like and also a certain delicate sense of humor often in spite of the dark circumstances well and that humor i think really helps in this film particularly to bring out the humanist dimension of it maybe you could say where i mean he's dealing with real people you know and they're flawed they're not beautiful movie star looking people they're very everyday looking people but there's a way in which he he very much humanizes you know in this case the immigrant right that you know the refugee who's very illegally it's so easy to demonize you know you know people that, are, that find themselves in that situation but he does quite the opposite he makes everyone very human well, yeah, and I think that in a way, everybody in the movie has some flaws because right. we may question Nelu's intentions of uh, helping uh, uh, right. the migrant because he does make him work and mm-hmm. he does take money from him. 
And, you know, we may question even like uh, the, like, you know, Nelu's wife character, uh, you know, given the, you know, sort of racist uh, right. uh, things she said or her attitude. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, they're all flawed, but they're, you know, this makes them so, you know, so human, I would right. say. So, you know, if if you remember the film poster, I really like it. It's it's a funny and almost silly and in a way symbiotic image of Nelu and the Turk, like on the motorcycle. And you remember yeah. and you remember that the Turk is in the sidecar. And so there there are several versions of uh, the poster because you know in some you can see them just from the back, but there's one where they're facing the camera and actually just Nelu who looks very grouchy, but very decided. And mm-hmm. the Turk looks rather pathetic with his beanie hat, because you know that beanie hat is totally out of place because of the warm weather. He, he looks like totally yeah. unadjusted to the weather and the place where he is. He doesn't, he, he looks very small as he's all crouched inside in the sidecar. And yeah. He looks. He has a confused uh, expression on his face, and it looks like he's not really understanding what's going on. And Krishan explained that he did not want to make a film about immigration, but about ordinary people. And I think this is something that one may look for in Morgan, because there's these images of very a very human brotherhood, because the two in spite of their cultural differences and of the fact that they don't understand each other's language, they start working together, going to the local pub and Mm -hmm. soccer game together, rooting for the same soccer team. Although I don't think that, you know, the Turk understands, you know, whose, you know, whose team is playing against whom and so on. They get into trouble together. And I think that was, you know, that was a very funny scene. They get scolded like children by Nelo's wife also together. Well, and they bump up against the kind of the arbitrariness of human institutions. I mean, this is really underscored in the, in the opening scene, I think, and it sets Mm -hmm. the tone of the movie. Oh, yes. He's trying to cross this border with the fish. Exactly. If the fish is alive, he can't do it, right? If the fish was dead, presumably he would, he'd be able to. And it's like, well, what difference does it make? And it's like, no, it makes all the difference in the world. And this kind of fish out of water, you know, sort of image. And, 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 you know, the, the, the camera lingers on the, on the fish dying between the two countries. But, you know, I would say that the paradoxical thing is that it's a Chinese carp. So, you know, (laughs) he's fishing for Chinese carp in, Hungary, and he comes back. He brings back the fish from uh, the Chinese carp from Hungary, and the poor Chinese carp dies, you know, between the two countries because yeah. of l- rules and regulations. And I also like, you know, the way the two border guards communicate their message because there's a lot of like translation. So, yeah. you know, the guy saying, and he says that, and he said that, and so on. You know, it's like the the carp dies, like lost in translation, in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's but, right. But I think that you know, like one another thing that you, you like one may want to give more attention in this movie, precisely because of you know you know it focuses on is the archetypal image in general. But especially, mm-hmm. I was thinking as, as I was telling you, the archetypal image of the meal, people sitting at a table and eating. 
Because this may like seem like a trivial detail, but it is not for the Romanians. So that could be because of the cultural importance of eating in Romania. Also, mm-hmm. maybe because of like the social and anthropological implications of sharing and sharing food. And I have to say that there are meal scenes in uh, many contemporary Romanian films. And there's actually a book on the new Romanian cinema that starts with a chapter on the dinner table in Christian Mungiu's Four Months, Three Weeks, Two Days. And of course, we have to mention the very, you know, maybe the most famous dinner scene in uh, uh, Romanian cinema, which is in Porumboyu's Police Adjective, where for several minutes we can witness the main character slowly eating his soup, spoonful yeah, by spoonful. Waiting for something to happen and nothing ever happens. <laughs> exactly. And we see that in real time. And we see him thoughtfully dunking pieces of bread in his soup. And you know, this is a scene that has been discussed by many, many film critics, just because it is so unusual, I have to say. Um, And, you know, it is, I have to say, like, you know, it is somewhat empty, because you, you know, it's like, he's waiting, the character is waiting for something to happen. But I think that it is so, like, dense, and, you know, in its, you know, in its meanings, in everything that it conveys, like, you know, this emptiness is somewhat, like, you know, very is filled with meaning and i i I think that in morgan the the images of this apparently mundane event are quite stunning and i i find them like you know really really beautiful and they remind me of the french painter paul cezanne more exactly of cezanne's paintings of the card players symmetrically sitting at a table face to face and I think it is interesting to look at these images of you know Nelu and his wife sitting at the table and eating Nelu and the Turk sitting at a table and eating the symbolic symmetry of these images and well, I think in general as well that's so important I think exactly exactly yes yes and you know that's why I think that in general I think that you know one may look at like all kinds of archetypal scenes in this movie because you know you have agriculture you have sharing food you have like the participating in men only warrior like games and it's almost like recreating human history like you know with hunters gatherers ritual mm-hmm. gestures and you know i have to say like even the primitive rules of kind of like a tongue in cheek matriarchal society And I would also like to mention something that has to do with the acting, because I think this is something that may be, if I may say so, lost in translation. It may go unnoticed. So, as I said before, the Romanians accuse these Romanian, like these new filmmakers of making movies only for foreign audiences. But Morgan has actually an abundance of cultural and linguistic elements and hints that can only be decoded, I think, by a Romanian viewer. For instance, the kitsch objects in um, Nelu's incredibly dilapidated house. And I'm thinking of the framed embroidered cheesy scene on the kitchen wall right Mm -hmm. above the dinner table. That is almost like a parody 
of uh, Last Supper painting, you know, right, right above the dinner table. And I'm also thinking of, like, you know, the equally kitsch, like very squealy uh, folk music. And there's another element that has to do with the Transylvanians uh, who are stereotypically seen as quiet, very calm, but like fiercefully decisive at times. And like a Romanian speaker or Romanian viewer could hear like the mellow and poised tone of the Transylvanian accent. But I think a non-Romanian speaker could still enjoy the stunningly calm way people get mad at each other without really yelling. Like there's a gentle way they can be categorical and stern. And I think you can see this a lot in Elvira Rumbu's acting. She plays Nello's wife. And Mm -hmm. she calmly, you saw how she calmly gives orders. Sometimes she doesn't even look at, you know, Nello when, you know, she uh, gives an order. And, you know, so there's basically no exclamation point. There's like a statement. But these are irrevocable decisions that she makes almost like a domestic dictator. Mm-hmm. I think that even her outburst of rage when she kicks, you know, that construction worker out of her house, you know, cursing him, is contained and non-declamatory. She states things about yeah. him, you know, so, you know, she kicks him out, but, you know, it's, you know, more like a statement. So, there is conflict and there are arguments, but most of the times this takes place in a very even and explanatory tone. And I think that that's quite, you know, amusing. And I, I think that these are details that could give you an insight into Transylvanian life. But I also think that Morgan is obviously, you know, about much more than a poor and ugly village in Transylvania and a poor security guard and also a poor migrant. So, uh, as you know, we just said, I think that this can be seen as a really beautiful film about human understanding that can go beyond uh, uh, geopolitical and cultural and linguistic uh, borders. And I think that this is, you know, especially pertinent in the current context of the European Union and the migrant crisis. And it's a lot about relationships between the individual and the society and, and also about events that may like deeply change our perception of life. Yeah. So, well, Anka, thank you so much for, for being with us and for uh, sharing your, uh, your expertise on uh, Romanian new wave films in general and uh, with Morgan in particular. This has been really productive, I think. Thank you. Thank you. That's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. We hope you are enduring social distancing well and taking advantage of International Cinema's temporary online format. If you still need to get signed up for the rest of IC's streaming program, go to our website at ic.byu.edu to get the information you need. From the Booth is produced by the International Cinema Program at BYU and supported by the BYU College of Humanities. The hosts and guests of this podcast are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here, as they don't necessarily represent any official position adopted by the university or its supporting institutions. Thanks goes to Jojo Hegstrom-Pratt, our sound engineer, as well as the staff in the BYU Humanities Resource Center for their help and support. Watch for our preview episode, in which we'll tell you some things to look for in the films coming up. But until then... Keep your eyes open for great films.